Powered by Clear Vision Development Group, this is Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast. Each week, we'll provide you with top business insights, fresh perspectives from world-class guests, and the tools you need to lead better than before. And now, here's your host, author and business coach, Tony Richards. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Better Than Before, podcasting from the heartbeat of America, right in the center of Missouri in Columbia, home of the University of Missouri, and our very own Clear Vision Development Group. I'm Tony Richards, along with my faithful sidekick, Producer Bill. Hello. You get our podcast wherever you choose to download it, and our own clearvisiondevelopment.com, where we have all of our shows archived for your listening pleasure. We'd also like to have at least 50 five star reviews from you, our listeners, by the end of the year. If you'd do that for us, I really, really appreciate it. Also, like to invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Clear Vision DVLP Group. In addition to several episodes of Clear Vision TV, we're releasing some new material every Thursday. Some of our best segments from the Better Than Before podcast, including guest interviews and my business and leadership lessons. This past week, we uploaded my conversation with Dr. Carmen Simon on neuroscience and why memory is very important to your customers and how that plays into your marketing. Also, my conversation with Larray Kwai about mental toughness is up there on our Clear Vision Development Group YouTube channel. Every Thursday, we're uploading new material to the YouTube channel. Be sure to get in there and subscribe. On Mondays, we have our email newsletter that comes out, the Monday Morning Memo. On Tuesdays, it's the Better Than Before podcast. On Wednesdays, we have a guest writer or one of our brilliant staff members here at Clear Vision has a blog post. Thursdays, uh, YouTube uh, material, and Fridays, I put a brand new blog up every single week about a leadership or business topic. On the first weekend of the month, I will have an article in the Columbia Tribune in the Saturday business section. So every now and then, we put out new stuff six days a week. Our three-day exponential leadership retreat's taking place. It's coming up on November 14th, 15th, and 16th. Right now, you can take advantage of the special early bird pricing Uh, to spend the most in-depth three days you've ever spent working on yourself and increasing your leadership capacity to produce bigger, better, more effective, and efficient outcomes on whatever it is that you do in your career. I like to limit this to 10 seats. We have a couple that have already been sold this last week, so we've got um, a little over half remaining. I think there might be six remaining. We'd love to have you uh, come by and spend those three days with us. November 14th, 15th, and 16th, the most comprehensive, in-depth leadership experience that you're going to have, and it's the last one for us uh, here at 2018, so be sure to come by and be a part of that. You can register at our website, clearvisiondevelopment.com, and right now there's a special early bird fee. I think it's 50 bucks off. That will be expiring. I mean, after all, at the end of this week, we'll be in November. I know, it's crazy. And happy Halloween, everyone. What was your favorite Halloween outfit, Bill? I think uh, my favorite was Batman. Mine too. Mine too. I I liked Batman. Yeah. 
I saw a friend of mine on uh, Facebook had his Batman mask on. And uh, we frequently get together and smoke a cigar every now and then. And I told him, I said, I think Bruce Wayne used to smoke cigars. (laughs) (laughs) I enjoy Halloween. I enjoy watching the little kids come by. And I try to have enough candy to go around. And then when I'm out of candy, I turn all the lights off and (laughs) go to the basement so no one can know if I'm home or not. And I hate that I have to put Oreo and Davey in the uh, bedroom and lock them up. But they don't understand Halloween. Davey wants to uh, play with everybody, and Oreo wants to let me know somebody's in the yard. (laughs) And someone's always in the yard on Halloween. All right, so average time spent per day with different media among U.S. adults. Six hours for digital, three hours and 50 minutes for television, an hour and 25 minutes for radio, and 26 minutes with print. Interesting. So is that pretty true for you? Uh, I don't know. We've got that little thing now on the iPhone that tells us our screen time for the week. On Saturday, it says your screen time for the week was this much time and you were either up or down from the previous week. I was down like 25% last week. So I, I don't think I spend that much time on digital. So if that's your computer and your phone, I don't think I spend six hours per day. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, that's a fourth of a day. So a subject that you and I have been discussing quite a bit lately, a stock market correction. What is the stock market correction? Well, it's an adjustment down in the market of at least 10% to 20%. And it does not necessarily mean entry into a bear market. I started thinking about this, Bill, like, okay, everywhere you go, everything's ruled by fear. You know, we're going into a recession. We're going into a bear market. As Warren Buffett says, when everyone's fearful, be greedy, right? Mm -hmm. So I looked it up. There have been 22 corrections of 10 to 20% since 1974. Only four of those 22 resulted in a bear market. 1980, 1987, 2000, and 2007, of course. 18 of 22 were simply corrections and pauses for restarts of a bull market. The other thing is the economy is not showing weakness. I just had a conversation with somebody this morning and they said, oh, I feel like a recession's coming on. I feel like we're going to have another. I was like, well, what makes you feel that way? Oh, I don't know. Just a feeling I get. But last Friday morning, the Bureau of Economic Analysis reported in its first reading of the GDP, which is the gross domestic product adjusted for inflation, which we use as the gauge for economic growth, increased at an annual rate of 3.5% in the third quarter of 2018, exceeding expectations of 3.4% annualized growth in the quarter. So we're at 3.5% for the quarter for the GDP. So that tells you the economy is still humming along. Right. This follows an unrevised 4.2% annual rate in the second quarter of the year. The increase came as a result of positive contributions from personal consumption expenditures, private inventory investment, state and local government spending, federal government spending, and non-residential fixed investment factors that were partially offset by declines in residential fixed investment and exports and a rise in imports, which is subtracted from the GDP calculation. 
Also, core personal consumption expenditures price index, which takes out food and energy to reduce month-to-month volatility, rose 2% from the same time last year in third quarter 2017. Inflation also seems to be in line. So there's really no reason to think that this stock correction isn't anything more than a correction and a pause in the bull market. Like I said, only four times since 1974 has the stock market correction been the entry into a bull market. And it's probably worthy to note that the second reading on third quarter GDP will be November 28th. So we'll get two out of three uh, on the GDP for fourth quarter on the at the end of November. World Series, Red Sox win. Kind of crazy. Did you watch the very, really long game Friday night? You know what? I didn't watch any of it. It was the longest game in World Series history in terms of innings. Seven hours and 20 minutes. The longest game in World Series history in terms of innings before the 18 was 14. It's been done three times, 1916, 2005, and 2015. Because in 2015, I watched that game. It went off about almost 1 o'clock when wow. the Royals beat the Mets 5-4. to four. The longest game in World Series history by time was 2005, the White Sox and Astros, 5 hours and 41 minutes, which now has been broken by this game Friday night, 7 hours and 20 minutes. That's longer than the entire game time of the entire 1939 World Series. <laughs> that year, the New York Yankees swept the Cincinnati Reds in four games that took a combined seven hours and five minutes to play the whole four games. The Boston Red Sox, just in case you're interested, are they the World Series champions for the fourth time in 15 seasons. So remember in the 20th century when they couldn't win it at all? And something always went wrong? Well, in the 21st century, they so far have won four of them. And I don't know what's going on in Boston because in the 21st century, Boston is at 11 championships and counting. The Patriots will be going for number 12 in the NFL. And the Celtics could be going for number 13 in the NBA. Boston is the first team with the highest payroll to win the World Series title since the 2009 Yankees. Wow. So for all of you who may be Boston Red Sox fans, congratulations. I also uh, want to say hi to all our international listeners. I was looking at the statistics over the weekend. We have listeners in France, in Germany, in Sweden, Canada, which we're going to have our first international guest from Canada on coming up here in not too many episodes from now, Julie Holden is going to be joining us to talk about workplace health and workplace healthy uh, mental attitudes and things like that. So I'm excited to have our first international guest on. Also really excited about our international audience, uh, Japan, China, um, the Philippines. There were there were several from, from several countries. But uh, welcome aboard. No matter where you're listening to our show better than before, we thank you. We welcome you. And if you're ever in Missouri, you might want to buy a car from University Subaru. University Subaru, from here, been here, always will be here. University Subaru, your truly locally owned dealer. Hi, I'm Dave Drain. And I'm Dan Burks. And we're the owners of University Subaru. 
As a locally owned business, we care for our community. We know how important it is to give back because we grew up here and we raised our family here. This is our home. Which means we care for customers like we care for the community. University Subaru, your truly locally owned dealer. From here. Been here. And we will always be here for you. Are you ready to up your game? Attend the Exponential Leadership Retreat from November 14th through 16th. In these three days, you'll receive personalized leadership coaching in a small group setting led by Tony Richards. Learn to communicate like a leader, understand your motivators, and differentiate yourself from your peers. As a business coach and consultant, I work with leaders every day to help them up their game and lead their team to victory. During this leadership development experience, you will receive the tools you need to unlock your potential. Invest in yourself and gain the same access to Tony that his C-level clients receive. Register for the Exponential Leadership Retreat online at clearvisiondevelopment.com. Welcome back to our show, Better Than Before. And in this segment, we're going to do some listener questions that we've received from our email address, info at clearvisiondevelopment.com. This person says, I tried to do your exercise from last week's show, taking time for myself with no external stuff going on. And I have to say, you were right. It was very painful. Any advice? Well, all I can tell you is that if it was that painful for you, you really needed to do it. We're way too distracted today, and unfortunately, it's become an addiction. And uh, we need to detox ourselves. We need to turn off the television, turn off the radio. Uh, I hate to say turn off the podcast, but we need to limit our external stimulus quite a bit and just give our brains a rest and then after you've done that for a while, you can pick up and do some pretty useful things during that quiet time that you've taken to think. But for the first couple of weeks, you need just to be and uh, just be quiet and uh, meditate or uh, pray or whatever you can do. But it's good if it's coming from you and not from outside because our brains are constantly being uh, used and directed and misdirected and distracted. And it's definitely become something we need to learn to limit ourselves to uh, because you see how painful it is when you try to take it away. So good luck to you. And coming up on future episodes, I'm going to have some things that you can do. As a matter of fact, you can listen to uh, the next segment on today's show. I'm going to be talking about linking your paycheck to purpose. That would be a good exercise while you're just sitting there thinking. Uh, this person says, how do you advise your clients to curtail territorialism or tear down silos in the organizations you consult with? Well, first of all, you have to understand that turf battles are all about personal pride and perceived power. Leaders have egos. And leaders want to yield a certain amount of influence and power. If you download my free series on leadership and influence, you'll learn about legitimate sources of power and illegitimate sources of power. And most of the time when you have a territorial type manager or a silo building leader, 
you will find some illegitimate sources of power that they're utilizing. And it might not be their fault. I mean, they may only be doing what they know to do, but obviously you've noticed an issue. And that's the other thing, too, is silos are built by the leadership. Silos are not built by the people in the trenches or on the front lines. They're taking cues from the person that they're being led by. Leaders are the only ones who can create silos in an organization, and they are also the only ones that can fix them. I know I had an engagement not too long ago where I was telling a client, you can't fix this territorialism and silo building from the middle. They thought they could hire a manager to come in in the middle administrative part of the organization and that was going to fix it when actually the people at the top were the ones that were creating the issues between the people all the way down through the organization. And that's the way it always is. Certain people are taking their lead from their leader and leader A doesn't like leader B or leader B doesn't like leader A and they don't think that they needed to listen to them or they're not your boss, I'm your boss. And it just creates turmoil in the organization and it's a sin. It's a leadership sin. Stop doing it or you're going to go to leadership hell. This person says, I think I have stopped being a dreamer. I used to enjoy dreaming about all kinds of things, but nowadays I just think, what's the use? Do you have any advice for me? Why did you stop dreaming? Well, I don't know. Um, I can tell you some of the most common reasons that we quit dreaming, uh, but you need to figure out why you did and when it happened. What caused you to feel so disempowered? that you begin to limit your possibilities because that that's what dreaming is dreaming is uh, looking at the world with unlimited possibilities and so when you stop dreaming you start limiting your possibilities and you disempower yourself now why people do that is uh, they've taken a lot of lumps in life you know when you think back to when you're a kid you could climb a tree a couple of feet off the ground and that could be almost anything imaginary in your world when you climb that tree it could be tree house you lived in it could be a spaceship you're going to another planet in it could be a submarine it could be a race car climbing that tree that tree becomes magical then because you start dreaming and you were just playing you know and you were just dreaming you were making up imaginary scenarios and imaginary worlds And the reason you quit doing that is because the lumps and bumps that life give you along the way starts knocking the dreaming out of you. And you have to be relentless about not letting that happen. Don't limit yourself. I think it was Walt Disney who said, anything you can imagine and write down on a piece of paper is possible for you. So if you have enough courage to think about it, and then write it down in ink on a piece of paper and spell it out, it's possible. Most people never write it down. It just is a fleeting thought that they quickly dismiss because we have, quite frankly, stopped dreaming. And that's probably a good uh, lesson to do on the podcast here. That could be kind of interesting. This person says, I hate our meetings. Uh, Should we just quit having meetings or what? (laughs) (laughs) I like the way you put that. 
So you've got to choose which pain you want to have. Do you want to have the, we have too many meetings pain, or do you want to have the, we don't have any communications pain? Which one? Because you're going to have one or the other. Because if you say, we don't ever get communicated with, we don't have communication, then you can't say we have too many meetings because usually meetings are a form of communication. That isn't the only kind of meeting you can have. So one thing, and I just did a whole class on this not long ago, is that if you're the person who is in charge of the meeting, you have to vary up the meeting. One time might be an information meeting, so you're just passing along the latest communications of what's going on in the department or in the company. There's no participation needed by anybody else. And quite frankly, that particular meeting, unless it's a very long and detailed list, which means it's been a long time since you communicated, shouldn't take very long. Uh, There's something called Parkinson's Rule, which says... No matter how much time you set aside for a meeting, that's how much time you'll take. You can have training meetings where you're presenting a concept, an idea, or a process or a procedure where people are just required uh, to come and learn and be trained. You can have a uh, report-in meeting where everybody comes and talks about what they've been doing and what the status of their projects is, where they're stuck, where they need help from other people in the room, and how to move forward. But the most important thing is to let people know what kind of meeting you're having. So that way they can either be prepared or just come in and listen or whatever it is. That way they're not surprised. They can also have the necessary preparation Which brings me to my next point. You need an agenda for the meeting that's very explicit and plain and clear about how the meeting is going to be run and what the subjects are and who's going to be in charge of the meeting and how much time it's going to take. And then finally, I would say you need a WWW report at the end of a meeting. That is a who does what by when report. Who's in charge of everything you decided in the meeting? Each specific item should have an owner. And what do they need to be doing? And when does it need to be done? A lot of times people say, we have meetings, but nothing gets done. Well, that's because when all is said and done, usually more is said than done. So you got to make sure that there's a list at the end of the meeting, who does what by when. And someone's in charge of tracking that as the meeting goes on, making that list. And then at the end, everybody's informed who's in charge of what and when is it due. This person says, oh, another complicated question. I want to own my own business. Would getting into a franchise be better or should I start my own thing? Um, Probably depends on personality and behavior style. Probably depends on the amount of capital you have to put into it. If you're looking to start a business in a market where there's an established franchise, then buying a license to open a franchise company can be kind of expensive, but you're never going to get all the profit because you're going to have to split some of the profit with the home office, whatever franchise that is. They're going to give you systems and processes and manuals and the brand, and in exchange for that, you guys are going to split money. And... I've got a neighbor that has the most horror story about owning a franchise. They're not just turnkey businesses. If you saw the movie with Michael Keaton about McDonald's, 
you know, he was selling franchises left and right of McDonald's, but he was selling them to people and it was failing because the guy just wanted to go play golf and let his McDonald's ring up money. And you got to work it, you know, you got to manage it, especially when you're first starting out. And it's not easy to hire employees, especially with the unemployment rate where it is now at a franchise type business. If you're a high dominant person and you like a lot of control, then franchise is probably not for you. If you're more of a high conscientious person and you like process and you like details, then the franchise might be the way to go because there is a lot of process. A lot of things are out of your control, but there are a lot of details that are taken care of for you that you don't have to worry about. If you're a high dominant person and you like a lot of control, you're probably not going to like the franchise because you're going to have to do a whole lot of things they want you to do. So those are our questions this week. If you'd like to email us and you have some business or leadership questions to pitch at me, it's one of my favorite things doing Q&A. So I'd love to hear from you. Info at clearvisiondevelopment.com. You can also post it on our Facebook page or you can hashtag it better than before. On Twitter, I'm at Tony Richards 4 We'll be back with our leadership and business lesson next on Better Than Before. Hi, I'm Dave Drain. And I'm Dan Burks. And we're the owners of University Subaru. As a locally owned business, we care for our community. We know how important it is to give back because we grew up here and we raised our family here. This is our home. Which means we care for customers like we care for the community. University Subaru, your truly locally owned dealer. From here, been here, and we will always be here for you. Receive weekly coaching tips from Tony Richards, delivered straight to your inbox. Whether you're a CEO or an entrepreneur, Tony can help you reach your goals and give you a competitive edge within your industry. Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo covers topics ranging from leadership development to teamwork to company culture and more. Text the word leadership to 38470 to sign up for Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo or sign up online at clearvisiondevelopment.com. Welcome back to Better Than Before. So in this week's leadership and business lesson, I want to talk about finding meaning in your work and in your career. You know, it needs to have something meaningful for you. A question I like to ask in a lot of my uh, client interactions and also in workshops and speeches is, why do you get out of bed every morning? Can you answer that question? And I asked that question in St. Louis once. It's my favorite story for this question because the guy said, because they pay me. And I thought, man, what a painful existence. The only reason you go to work at all is because of the money they pay you. You have no job satisfaction whatsoever. And he basically said, no, if, if I weren't getting that check, I wouldn't show up at work. So linking the work you're doing inside your organization to your personal purpose is really, really powerful. And there are three places where this really works well, and you need to have some identification with it. And that is the brain in your head, 
the brain in your gut and the brain in your heart. So we think with our head, we think with our gut, and we think with our heart. And if all three of those can be in congruence and in alignment, then we're pretty happy. Uh, in order to get motivated employees and passion within your organization to be in alignment, you need to engage the heart as well as the head. The greatest companies on the planet, almost all of them, have a very strong purpose that touches people. Why? Because a lot of us have a deep need to be significant and feel important. There's been thousands of research uh, projects and a multitude of data done on people at work. And the number one thing that people always want, no matter what the survey is, no matter who the company is, and no matter what the data set is, is they want a sense of meaning in their work. The secret of passion, because you've seen passion in people, so have I. Passion doesn't get you anywhere without purpose because purpose gives your passion direction. If you can articulate a clear sense and a clear cause in your work to something inspirational, you'll reach inside yourself and also any employees you may have and bring out something pretty sensational. If you haven't figured out something that you love living for, then you're not living to your full potential because your work should be part of your life. It's good for us to work. And coming up in a future segment on Better Than Before, I'm going to talk about the benefits of work and what it does for us as human beings. We don't ever need to get to the place where machines and artificial intelligence and autonomous vehicles are all doing everything for us. We need to maintain a certain amount of work and labor in our lives because it's good for us. It's good for the psyche. It's good for the soul. Uh, and it's good for you. You need to connect the work you're doing to lives you're touching in two ways. One, your company or organizational mission. And two, your personal mission. When those two things are in alignment, it's really, really awesome. Da Vinci said you can link your course to a star and then you can navigate any storm. Here's some business examples for you. Southwest Airlines. Herb Kelleher, the CEO, said, we're in the business of connecting human beings. Oh, really? I thought you were in the airline business or the air travel business. Nope, we're in the business of connecting human beings. Nike said... We're in the business to bring inspiration and innovation to every athlete in the world. If you have a body, you're an athlete. A Mr. Sippy. <laughs> Mr. Sippy can't leave Mr. Sippy out to create unforgettable memories for children so they have a better day at school. So thinking about your personal purpose and how you make a living and connecting those, articulating some kind of cause to get you out of bed every morning. Pampered Chef, we build the power of families through shared meals. Microsoft, people go to work every day and feel they are part of a dream. You know, when World War II was going on, uh, Franklin Roosevelt was trying to pull the country together to fight the evil Axis powers. And it got to a point where production of a lot of our war materials were really grinding down 
and we were putting a lot of pressure on being able to produce all the product we needed to fight the war. And parachutes got very, very low on productions. And uh, assembly line morale got very, very low during World War II making parachutes. So they came up with this phrase, the next parachute might save your brother or neighbor. And that linked their paycheck to specific lives being saved in World War II. And assembly line morale got back high and productivity of parachutes got really, really high. I went on a taxi cab ride once. It might have been an Uber. I don't remember. It's been quite a few years ago. But I was in Phoenix, Arizona at a conference and the, the best guy in the world picked me up to take me to the airport. And he got in the got in the car, and I say it was a taxi cab. It might have been an Uber because it was a Cadillac car. And he got in the car, and he said, okay, we're going to play a music game. And he said, um, I uh, am going to play some songs, and if you can't name that song, then I get my fare. But every time you can name the song and the artist, I take a quarter off your fare. And I thought, this cat don't know who he's dealing with, man. I'm, as long as he stays in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, I'm going to get a free ride to the airport. And it that's what happened. I mean, he played every song. I nailed it. I nailed the song, the artist, and I just for just showing off, I put the year in too. And I had no fare. I had knocked every bit of money off my fare by naming that. And I said, man, I said, I am sorry about that. Let me give you something for my fare. And he goes, no. He goes, my whole purpose in life is to have fun car rides for people. And you know what? You're very unique. I've never had anybody that's taken up my whole fare before. But it's just a fun game I like to play with the people that ride in my cab because I don't want to just be a taxi driver. I want to be a provider of fun. And so when you can link your paycheck to your purpose, it's really, really fulfilling and really, really useful. Uh, it's empowering to you. And that's what it's all about, staying in an empowered state and not getting in a disempowered state. That's our show today. We answered some listener questions. We uh, caught up on current events, and we talked about how to link your paycheck to your purpose. Thanks for joining us today. We really appreciate it. We're sponsored by University Subaru. From here, been here, always will be here. University Subaru, your truly locally owned dealer. Thanks a lot for subscribing. Thanks a lot for listening. Thanks for giving us a five-star review. And until I see you next time, I'm Tony Richards reminding you that everything gets better when you get better. Thank you for listening to Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast powered by Clear Vision Development Group. For more resources from Tony, visit clearvisiondevelopment.com. Join us next time for another episode of Better Than Before with Tony Richards. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.